podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Churros Tacticas podcast. All is good. We are back. Diego is back from holidays, refreshed. One week off. I'm back with you guys. We're back collectively. Churros is back. And what a day to be back, Diego. Not only are Real Madrid three points, two points ahead of Barcelona, but Spanish women's national team, Campeonas del Mundo. Campeonas! Que pasa, Campeonas? Hey, what a great game. Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed watching it. I was excited that, of course, Spain, the women's team, had made it to the World Cup final. I was impressed with what I saw on the day. Um, impressed with the achievement. You know, let's not forget the 15 players that, of course, uh, renounced to play for the Spanish national side that in- include some of the best players uh, that Spain currently have at their, well, that are not currently at their availability, but uh, for reasons that, you know, we're not going to get into at this moment in time. But how impressive is that? Is it that in spite of the, or despite of missing so much quality, so much talent, this team has still managed to, you know, bounce back, face adversity and uh, win the World Cup final against the European champions, England, who on the day were just fully outclassed, you know, fully outclassed. Uh, I say I enjoyed watching that game because I thought the football that we saw was splendid. Uh, the quality, the dominance, England was no, I mean, they had no clue what to do when they had the ball. Not that they were able to string any passes together because these ladies were just, you know, intense in their press, quick in their ball recuperation, getting the ball back under their control and, uh, just playing some fantastic football, tiki taka football, call it what you want. Uh, there's no point in hiding the fact that it, once again, this World Cup team, is uh, a championship team that is, you know, predominantly filled with Barca players. Uh, these players know each other well. You can see in, in the way that they play, uh, the way that they approach the game of football. And it was a joy to watch. It really was a joy to watch. I'm, I'm not uh, going to sit here and say that I've ate up all of the minutes uh, of this uh, Women's World Cup that I was glued to the television, one, because of severe time constraints. You know, it was hard enough for me to see what was the quarterfinal between Holland and Spain, which was, of course, a fun affair, um, where these ladies managed to just, I mean, just annihilate Holland on a day, even though it went to penalties. They, they should have gone through before that already. Um, and then finally see this final, which was a footballing spectacle, as I said. I watched it with the family. The, my kids were super excited to see. It was very fun to say to my daughter, you know, this could be you one day. And, um, yeah, I think, you know, it, it, I do think that these kind of games, uh, these, this kind of team inspires younger generations to, to play the game and, uh, play it in my opinion, just, just, you know, beautifully and executed in a very highly entertaining way. So congratulations to the Spain team. It's one for the men's 2010, one for the women's 2023. Kian, they managed to win a World Cup in their third World Cup participation. I mean, that, that says a lot, I think. I thought it was just, um, like you said, there's so many impressive things about it. One, all the things you mentioned about the things surrounding the Spanish national team and the amount of players who had to step up, step out. And just the fact step that... Both. <laughs> step up and step out. Both. The, yeah. But just also the fact that when you look at the final, there was... I mean, 1-0 is not a reflection, I don't think. But, but hey, I mean, I mean, it's a final, you know, these yeah. finals, it's typically a lower scoreline. So I'm not complaining. But, like, it was just... There was a massive gulf between the two teams. The control that Spain had was on another level. And shout out, of course, to Olga Carmona, who I can't imagine the roller coaster of emotions. My God. Gives me goosebumps right now, Kian. Look, and I'm not joking, just for camera. It gives me goosebumps just thinking about what that player must have been going through. Uh, I'm not a holy man, but I would like to think that her dad... Whether it wasn't quite clear to me if he has or if he did pass away before the game, before kickoff or or during the first half. I'm not entirely sure. It's not entirely clear. I think 
Mm. Sorry, go ahead. No, just that his spirit was maybe present over there in in Australia in in the the World Cup final and helped uh, Olga get get the winning goal and a fantastic goal as well. Unless there's an update on it, I'm not sure. But the way it was worded, it, it seemed a little bit unclear to me uh, exactly when he passed away. But they did say Friday. And, of course, you're looking at time zones and stuff too. So it, it could be just a, a matter of uh, I, he may have just missed it. But I would like to believe that he knows and has seen it either way. Um, and, yeah, I talk about a day you'll never forget. Um, incredibly strong woman and just respect to, to her and the entire Spanish national team for what they did. Massive respect. I mean, Infantino before the game had some statements and we should talk about the post game as well, because my God has the world cup final and the win, the emphatic triumphant win of Spain been overshadowed by the nastiness of Rubiales the testicle grabbing, the despicable character more and more that is becoming the president of the Spanish Football Federation. That are, I'm, I'm sorry, I cannot defend. Infantino also before the game had some awkward statements, clumsy, unfortunate, but also inappropriate and just wrong when he said something along the lines, and I'm paraphrasing here, Kian, that it was about time that the women's team made their own mark, kicked in the door and stepped up, um, you know, had this man, this person been more aware, I think, of where the women's game is currently, he would have not used that wording because I think that women's football has already come so far. And yes, it still has strides and ways to go and to improve and, you know, to become more of a global game, increase in viewership, etc. And And, you know, in three years time, I've seen such a leap in quality as well. Um, and not just because I've had to cover it for professional reasons, but it, I think it's an evident, I, I think it's just evident and clear to see how much the quality has improved of the women's game. So knowing all that, taking all that into account, I, I found his statements exactly that to be out of date, maybe somebody that is showing his age. <laughs> A little bit, you know, we all have those or have had, have had those grandparents that say uh, racist things that were in their time appropriate uh, that are, you know, currently just simply inappropriate of, and, and, and to our generation. And I think that is continuing now with the women's movement as well, um, where statements like that, it just shows that, you know, th- that person is not aware of where that the women's game in this case is currently. And again, this is coming from somebody that I confess, I don't watch, you know, uh, all of the women's games. I've had to cover the Barca women's game, women's team, um, not as uh, in detail and depth as some of my colleagues, but I've done Champions League finals for Barca. You know, obviously Barca, the women's team have, have been miraculous and I've had to cover them on a daily basis for Barca news. So, um, my point that that was just something that I wanted to highlight uh, and and point out or or mention on on this churros, and then of course came the post match, the ceremony, the the handing over of the trophy, where Rubiales found it appropriate to kiss um, Hermoso, the most veteran player of uh, the Spanish squ- squad, on the lips in the moment. Of uh, jubilation, surely, but a person, you know, meaning in a moment of, 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 you know, sporadic joy, but nothing can kind of just, or nothing can justify that, what we saw take place from, especially a person in his position where the protocol clearly states what and how you should behave during the during the handing out of the medals and the awards and the trophies uh, to do something like that as president of the Spanish Football uh, Federation and to then be so lax about it as well. Granted, I haven't seen his apology video. I know he has put something out uh, apologizing, but that should have you know never taken place or, or we should have seen an apology much, much sooner uh, right after the fact. So 
But man, I don't know if, if it's internationally, but in Spain, there's just nothing else that people are talking about at the moment. And, um, I think right, right, you know, rightly so, me, being, meaning that the critique that is being aimed at uh, Rubiales, I, I find it rightly placed. I agree that it's rightly placed. I, I mean, I don't know necessarily what the media is saying outside of Spain. I will say that, um, my dad and I saw it. And immediately we're like, well, that's highly inappropriate. <laughs> and yeah, it was like a double take moment, huh? We were, we were like, did that, did that just happen? And exactly. And then, of course, it was all online. I, I have no idea what the media around the world is saying, but, uh, you know, obviously in Spain they're talking about, and people are talking about it. Um, I, I'm not sure what the Spanish media is also saying about it, if they're defending him or they're not, but. Marca did this really strange thing where they compared it to Iker Casillas' kiss with Sarah Carbonero, mm-hmm. which makes no sense because obviously Casillas and Sarah Carbonero were boyfriend and girlfriend at that time. Correct. It's a totally Correct. different situation. Very different scenario, yeah. Um, and also, Even Casillas has come out and denounced uh, Rubiales for what he did. Did he? Well, yeah, the yeah, thing yeah. is, uh, Rubiales... Because I've seen, I've seen a very, very granted a, a tiny percentage of people defend the action, saying it's a cultural thing. Which you know, I'm, I'm, I'm also watching the game with my cousins from Spain. They're like, no, you, there's cultural, but then there is, you know, in you don't, you don't go for the lips. First of all, culture will be two pecks on each cheek or one peck on each cheek. Cheek meaning two. And it, yeah, and if it was so cultural, then Rubiales wouldn't have backtracked and tried to apologize for it you know what i mean like he wasn't he his apology wasn't like this was a cultural thing and it was taken out of context he was he was literally backtracking and saying i was wrong uh yeah i i i hate the fact that we're even talking about this and not the the brilliant football you know what it's it's such a it's so wrong of him to do this for a variety of reasons the obvious ones are obvious but also, like, just putting yourself in the attention spotlight for anything when it has nothing to do with you. We should only be talking about what these women achieved. And I hate the fact that we even have to address things like this. Yeah, it, it was it was it was so fitting in a way, though, because when it all started to kick off and. Th- you know, images started to go viral. Did you see the the gestures of him grabbing his genitals in 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 the celebration while he was you know no. cheering on the win? He he grabs his genitals at some point. He you also know. did this other weird thing, um, which I don't which, which that is cultural. Well, he also stepped. Fine. Did you also see that he stepped in the locker room and uh, told all the women that <laughs> yes, he's funding yes. a trip to Ibiza and then he's marrying Hermoso. And it just looked like kind of like this a little bit of nervous, like embarrassed laughter all around is what it is what it looked like to me. Anyways. Hey, look, I'm sure they'll take a free trip to Ibiza. Um, without him, ideally. Like he should just stay without home. Without him. Yeah. He should not he should come. Just stay home. <laughs> he should not Let come. Them enjoy it. I hope it wasn't like come to my villa in Ibiza kind of uh, invitation. But, um, and even Hermoso herself, right, on on. A TikTok, I believe it was, or Instagram live said, you know, it wasn't a pleasant moment. Um, she also came out and said later that I want to get the quote right because she actually mm-hmm. came out and said, uh, this is the exact quote. And, I'm, and I have to, we have to bring it up because we have to provide the full context. But she says, it was a mutual gesture, completely spontaneous, given the immense happiness of winning a World Cup. The president and I have a great relationship. His behavior with all of this has been perfect. And it was natural gesture of endearment and gratitude. So take that for what you will. Um, I and think- her mom also said it, it's, it's not as big of a deal. Um, look, th- that's why I said in the beginning, in the moment of spontaneity, Spontaneity. Yeah. Now, right? Spontaneity. Spontaneity. Um, and of sheer deliria, joy for this massive achievement. I could see it, ha- you know, it could happen, especially if the relationship, if there's that much trust between 
two people. Um, I mean, you know, we've seen men kiss each other on the le- lips that out of uh, in, in in a spontaneous moment. Um, but the fa- and and that's why I started out or I mentioned earlier this was such a fitting moment that this happened nowadays during this whole woke movement and me too movement and sensitive culture and (laughs) because it was just like how could this moment of spain winning the world cup be eclipsed by another moment in social media something that goes viral this awkward kiss between the president of the federation and the captain of the women's football coach where he grabs her by the shoulders and plants her a big smooch on the lips you know, again, very inappropriate for a person in this position, but that could happen in a moment of spontaneity, joy, deliria. But then just recognize that, apologize for it, and move on. Uh, if you see, especially that with uh, uh, Jenny herself and even her mom, there's not more, you know, being made of this this moment, this gesture. So um yeah anyways there was something else i I wanted to bring up but but um we have a lot to get through as well i enjoyed the win i'm happy for the women's team it's a massive achievement and um i'm I'm excited as well to see the game the game the game grow congrats the spanish women's national team and uh you deserve everything and it looks like they're not even close to being done, if you ask me. I feel like this is... My prediction is this could turn into a dynasty over the next few tournaments. We'll see. Yeah. These and these, these ladies are on a, on a different level to everybody. Um, and the, and the English team is good good as well. So, I mean, I, I think that the competition as well is, is, is heating up. It's not just the U.S. women's team that is, you know, fully dominating this sport anymore. So, I know that you are so ready... And you've been counting down the minutes. You've been away for a week. You've been tweeting angrily about Florentino Perez and all the Illuminati and all the conspiracies and all the referees. Talk to me, man. What's going on with Barca? Are you are you worried or are you like pretty excited? I'm worried. I think any football fan should be worried because what we're seeing is 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 the shambles at the moment. Well, and- what's, can we can we start in a non football item? Okay. You are from Barcelona. Well, in my mom. Well, uh, okay. okay. You, you, you're also like from I live there. the Netherlands and Switzerland and right. you're multicultural. But you're, you live in Barcelona. You know it in and out. The excuse I've seen from Barca fans for not going to the Olympic Stadium is because it's on a hill. <laughs> what is, is that an adequate excuse? What's No. Okay. You're right to bring this up. It's something that I want to talk about myself. I saw the game yesterday. I was ready. I was back from holidays, sitting down. Sun next to me. It was kids-friendly kickoff. Pre-game. Warm-up. You're looking around. You see the stadium very empty. Very empty. Now, granted that the maximum capacity is, you know, a fraction, a quarter of what the Camino is. Even worse. But the, but the fact that even worse. Well, anyway, at this point, I'm thinking, okay, well, people are going to show up late. I mean, it's, it's classic. You, you know that as well. In the Bernabeu, is no difference. People are running in to the stadium very often at kickoff. Like once kickoff has already started, people are still rushing. Okay. Uh, they like to be fashionably be fashionably late. Um, when kickoff happens, and and I'm like, this is this is this is terrible. This is terrible. I looked at my son. I said, we are definitely gonna go to watch Barca this season. He's all excited. He's like, now we're going now. I was like, no, not now. Kick, they're just kicking off. We're going <laughs> to, I'm like, trust me that I'm going to take you to watch Barca plenty this season because I, for my part, want to do my duty as 
yes, a full-fledged Barca fan to support this team during a very, very critical moment in a very critical season um, in what is going to be a very, very difficult season as we are, are seeing. Very difficult for Barca to get something uh, out of this to become champions. And the fact that they are being left so alone um, by the socios, I believe of the 25,000 abonos, there's only... Uh, 17 something handed out or, 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 you know, been bought by Socios. Uh, the people are not coming. Now, I will say that this is a mid August game. Mid August in the Camno is primarily tourist. People, month of August here in Spain is holy, it's Semana Sagrada, okay, not Semana Santa, it's the holy week, uh, the, the sacred week or month rather, El Mes Sagrado. Uh, for people to go on holiday. It's when they take two, three weeks and they go to the island, to the islands or up the coast, where it may be. Um, so, and leaving their seats open and available for, for tourists. So I'm, I'm, I still have maybe the slightest amount of hope that come September next week, when September rolls around, people come back from their holidays and back to work, that the um, Luis Compañes, the Olympic Stadium, will be more filled but there's there's no excuse to not go i mean the view is beautiful it's an historic place kian i don't know if in the time that you that time that you were here i think it was, you were only here for an afternoon so i don't think you did much sightseeing or had the chance to do much sightseeing. i've made say. a separate trip and i've seen the stadium you've seen the stadium so yeah. it's it's a historic stadium the, the olympic games were there in 92 it's and they say it's hard to get to and it's it's you know there's not no parking spots available there's there's parking spots around plaza España. you can drive up the hill a little bit it's even free parking i went there myself uh, when I went to Beyonce concert, uh, in the beginning of the summer, it feels like an eternity ago, but I went there by car, dropped the car off and, you know, walked up the hill a little bit, got in fine. And that day, you know, it was, I don't know how many people were there to watch Beyonce, but it were, there were a lot, meaning, um, you know, obviously they, that you can invade the, the pitch area itself. So. I don't know if it would have been a full house, but it never felt cramped. It never felt like, oh, this is such a, you know, a, a pilgrimage to get to. Like, what a sacrifice. Like, this is too much of a pain in the ass. I'm staying home. Fuck it. There was no, there's just no excuse. And I hope, I, I, I've always been very vocal and said that I felt that there has been a pre and a post Kule, uh, since the pandemic, because I felt that coming out of the pandemic and being deprived of, watching football and sitting there to, uh, you know, see the team live in the stadium, in the flesh, which is, we all know that is completely different than watching it on TV. Um, that I felt like w there was a more of a, a, a committed and appreciative audience that were more vocal in their support for the team. Uh, so don't let me down, Kules. I'm just hoping that the Kules were not going to uh, uh, let the team down. And I, for one, do want to do my part, seeing as I'm currently uh, – you know, have the freedom and the ability to go to the stadium. I certainly want to make that sacrifice or do, or do that, do my part to, to support the team. Well, maybe after people have seen, Barca fans have seen the images on the television and see how lowly attended it was, maybe, maybe there's a bunch of Diego and Lorenzo's around Barcelona who are like, you know what, we're going to do our part. So maybe it'll change. But I think the I number so. was, uh, I believe it was 20,000. Um. Yeah. These in ticket holders have oh, purchased okay. ticket tickets. Okay. Okay. Right. Which is it? Normally, it's last season it was eighty thousand. So sixty thousand yeah. drop in season tickets. It's a big number. I mean, and we all knew, and that's the thing. We knew that there was this situation looming, of course, and at some point we were going to have to deal with and face. And that was, of course, that the fact that Barca were going to have far less season ticket uh, attendees and therefore a lot less revenue coming in because of the sheer, the sheer uh, downsizing that has had to happen due to the Camino being reconstructed and moving to Montjuic, which has a less lesser capacity, right? Um, but you would have hoped that at least 
the fans would have said, well, we're going to make sure that we're going to buy every single last ticket available and pack that Munjuic and make it an unforgettable year in what is, again, a crucial one uh, where the team needs the fan support and needs to feel home. Because as you know, we talked about on the podcast as well, Kian, it's like Barca, you know, we've lost home advantage. There is no home advantage. Munjuic is not come no, you know. The Juiz combines with as much history uh, and as, uh, I mean, I was going to say beautiful of a stadium. It, it has a beautiful view. I feel like that could get be renovated too, the stadium itself. But it needs to feel like home. And it's certainly with, you know, the low attendance that we saw yesterday, this team is not going to feel at home at the uh, Olympic Stadium. So it's also, a massive disadvantage. Know, it, I don't know. I can't now, for some reason, I'm blanking on what it actually was. But is there a track in there? Yeah, yeah, because yeah. like behind the it's net, the Olympic Stadium. Yeah, because behind the net, I realized it was just a big like I saw like a Barca banner, and but it was like there was no seats behind the net, so I was like, ah, oh, that no. doesn't help this situation either. There's like oh, no. you know it's already separated enough, and then on top of that, there's not as many fans. Uh, okay, the actual game itself, Diego. Um, mm. I'm curious to know what your diagnosis is because, for example, like, you know, watching it here in North America, <clears throat> at, at halftime, the ESPN FC pundits were, were saying, you know, this Barca, this Barca team is just not creating enough chances. They're, they're being boring. They're, oh, this is what the wording was. They're holding possession for the sake of possession. And I actually disagree with that a little bit. I mean, if you look at what Barca were doing to get into the box, like, you know, the combination play and the and the short passing triangles to get to the box from Pedri, from Frankie, from Yamal, who was doing really good things, that stuff was pretty encouraging. It To me, like a bigger problem is when is Lewandowski going to start scoring again? Like that... If if you get Lewandowski, the difference of Barca success to me, if he starts scoring and if he doesn't, it's two different teams. If he starts scoring the way he was before the World Cup, this is a totally different, scarier Barca team. But if he's playing the way he is now, I mean, I think Barca might struggle to get goals. And I think that's where I'm more concerned about if I'm a Barca fan. I'm not as worried about getting the ball into the box and creating chances. You guys have a lot of brilliant midfielders who can do that. I mean, Gundogan's another one that I didn't mention who played a beautiful ball to Pedri. Pedri himself is a visionary on the ball. I, but but Lewandowski, like, he had that one chance in the second half where I feel like Lewandowski of two years ago would have hit it one time, but he brings it back down, he slows it down, waits the defense to reset to block the shot. And I think that's a bigger concern is, is he going to start uh, scoring? Yeah, listen, I mean, the scoring machine that was Robert Lewandowski at the beginning of last season and uh, the decline that we experienced into the second half of the season and that we're still currently seeing at this point with the preseason taken into account is uh, certainly a concern for all Barca fans, whether you want to be autocritical, self-critical, whether you want to talk about the refereeing decisions or, or how teams are approaching this game, or I say refereeing decisions, refereeing um, mm, permissiveness, or, or yeah, they're, they're permissiveness works. Permissiveness it, works, what right? What you're trying to say, I think. Yes, because what letting I'm trying to go. say is letting things go. Uh, yeah, letting things go. I think Robert Lewandowski is. We're seeing a frustrated version that is already, let's say, not at his peak. And that is hurting his self-confidence and his decision-making. But the fact that he is increasingly being frustrated by the permissiveness of the referees as well and what he has to deal with when facing defenders uh, who judo tackle him off the ball in the penalty area who commit penalties on him by kicking him uh, in, you know, uh, uh, around the studs, the feet and penalties not being called. I think that 
adds to the frustration and certainly doesn't doesn't alleviate or allow Lewandowski to get into maybe a goal scoring or even a playing rhythm for that matter. You know, forget uh, Levy getting one in from the penalty spot and allowing, you know, Barca to get over the hump, uh, gain a 1-0 advantage, allow their number nine to get into, you know, a, a little bit of a goal scoring rhythm, feel, have that sensation of hitting the ball, Uh, having the ball hit the back of the net, but also, I mean, Getafe, man, we didn't talk, we didn't do, one of the reasons we didn't do churros, Kian, was that I didn't want to come out and start, restart churros, going absolutely crazy ballistic at what I was saying. And quite no, frankly- wait, dude, but you, do you understand the ratings we missed out on that? <laughs> <laughs> do you understand? You got, well, no, the there'll, there'll be when, plenty. There'll when you're plenty emotional, you have to hit trouble. record right away. You, the window's passed now. You'll never get that back. Wrong decision. <laughs> I honestly, churros is going to be a struggle this season. And something, something tells me after watching Barça Cadiz that we are going to have plenty of churros where I am going to be pulling out my hairs. Hold on, hold on. We got to back up. We got to back up, man. Now I'm, I'm realizing where this podcast is headed because when no, no, I, no, 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 wait, 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 wait. The preseason has been what it is for Barca. Okay. It hasn't been a preseason where the team has really gone into their stride. Okay. For various reasons, we're not seeing about, but if we're seeing a game, the opening match for La Liga, the, the, what opens their Liga campaign against Getafe for Barca, Barca Getafe, all right, Getafe Barca, let's be correct, where only, what is it, 50, less than an hour was played, 56 minutes were played of almost like two hours, like an, uh, well over a hundred minutes. I mean, I know so many people said it on social media, but it has to be said, Xavi said it himself, Javier Tebas, Rubiales, what are you promoting for the Spanish league? Is this the card, our introduction, our presentation card that we want to put around the world to attract an international audience and compete with against the Premier League, the dominating Premier League, really? Is this what referees are instructed to do? Allow this to happen, non-football to be played. Dude, less than an hour was football played. In those 50-something minutes, there were interruptions. It was, it was just disgraceful, man. It was disgraceful, and I'm talking only about the permissiveness in this point. Not about the des decisions or non-decisions that we've seen taking place, where there's hypocrisy and double standards across the board, and we're only two match days in. I'm going to zag on that. It was entertaining to watch. What, this? Me <laughs> now? Getafe Barca and your, and your oh. monologue. It's I, <laughs> it was fun. Bo I enjoyed both things <laughs> greatly. <laughs> Okay. You, well, no. no, so okay. So so this is what so when I asked you I'm curious uh, what is your diagnosis of Barcelona's problem? I didn't know your diagnosis was going to be blame the refs, blame blame La Liga and blame Getafe. I I I thought you were going to talk about like I, the football. What football dude? 56 minutes or what? We there's no football being played. There so is Barca no couldn't have done there, anything. How much action? Dude, there was like throw-ins took 40 seconds. Free kicks took like two and a half minutes. What football is being played, Kian? How much continuity are we actually seeing? You tell me. Next game, I'm going to have a goddamn stopwatch with me and I'm going to like click in and click out exact seconds of action that you will see. If you cannot play the ball, if the ball's not in play, There's no football. The reason why the women's final was such an attractive game of football and such a great way to put women's football in the match was because football was being played and executed to near perfection. And for that, you need to, you know, football to be refed also in the right way, Kian. Okay, we're on the same page about this stop-start thing. Do we completely agree that... Look, I, I was complaining about this to Ewan, After I've I've been complaining to this about everyone on every podcast. No longer can you schedule like two hours for a, for a football match. You have to schedule <laughs> no. like you can't like it's like three hour ordeal. Like it, the game is 120 minutes long and the ball is barely in play. 
there's a, we have to get to another solution, which in my opinion, I think the next, the next test, either go back to the way it was, where it was like kind of inaccurate three minutes injury time, or just do just <laughs> those inaccurate three minutes. I know I miss or, those days or, or just do stop, start, like stop, stop the clock when the ball goes out of play that it eliminates time wasting completely. Stop the clock. That's it. When, and every time a player gets down injured, in, instead of holding their leg for 20 minutes, they're going to get up because they know there's no point, right? There's no point. That's, right. The, that's the only way to do this. Um, and then you have to cut the halves down to 30 minutes, probably not 45 minutes, because if you keep stopping yeah. the clock, that's going to take forever too. Correct. But I, I agree with what Bordelas said after the game. What, yesterday? No, no, that one. No, no. No, what he said yesterday was delusion. <laughs> was, no, it was no. like all of a sudden the refs are calling out his shit. No, no. And he's like, hey, what the hell? Last hey, week no. it was fine. No, what he said yesterday was, was ridiculous. Because, and that's probably he's putting on a show. It's a shtick. It's like it's a Mourinho thing. But what he said after the not, – not after yesterday's game, but after the Barca game, he said like, hey, Chavi, what do you want me to do? I have a minimal budget. If I try to play like Barca against Barca, you guys are going to destroy me 10-0. Why should I do that? Just You're mad at me for not giving you free points. He's right to play that way if he wants to. There's nothing you can do to stop that. Well, except for refereeing the right way. Kian, listen. <clears throat> when a team commits 22 fouls and sees three yellow cards, I believe, and another team commits nine fouls and sees four yellow cards three of those which are for quote-unquote protesting or talking to the referee there's something wrong man and i'm not talking about getafe i'm actually talking about cadiz cadiz who's a friendly team who i have a lot of you know they i gotta I, do I, what they gotta do man this ben, not their ben fault. harbert my friend uh you know partial owner of uh, the team i harbor no ill feelings against your club and city and people who have uh, a lot of love for, but and and, and Cadiz wasn't Getafe uh, either. I mean, what Getafe did was a whole other level. But the, the fact is that twenty-two fouls committed, nine uh, for Barça, three yellow cards for one side, four yellow cards for the other. It, it, it's 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 going to be a long and frustrating season, Kian, for Barça fans. I guarantee you know. This podcast has always been Madrid slanted, geared towards Madrid, Madridistas because of the platform you have, Managing Madrid has. But I suggest Madridistas to subscribe, follow, hit us up on hit us up on Patreon because you guys will have a field day with how frustrated I will get this season watching football and refereeing uh, decisions go. You you realize you're, you're talking. And, to, and look, you're, let's talk about let's talk tactics. Let's talk. I needed I need to get that off my chest. It's going to be a reoccurring point. I'm keeping score. Okay, the Bellingham handball, clear handball, hitting the bicep. That was not all a good, handball. All good. What are you all good. About? All good. No, of course not. Right there, it's all good. <laughs> was not uh, a handball. The Gavi. The Gavi. Though run to the VAR, handball for sure, no penalty of him being pulled down, no penalty on Araujo. This is what we got in our hands. This is what we're going to have to deal with. Subscribe to Patreon, guys, because you're going to love it. You will love how salty, quote-unquote salty, I'll be getting this season and how frustrated I'll get. But I'm keeping tabs. You're talking to a fan base who is coming off a season where our best player was mauled to death physically and verbally. All, and season, gets all, away, all season, gets all away. season, and he had more yellow cards than everyone he faced, and still gets away for calling a son of a, a sob referees and telling him they're crazy, yada yada. Whereas, like a, a, a Ter Stegen, a calm Ter Stegen comes to the referee, says in polite his polite German, "Excuse me, ref, uh, please tell me what." Eh, boom! Before he even gets a chance to open his mouth, Toma yeah, yellow cards all around for well, it's, it's insane. The Ter uh, Stegen one should not have been a yellow. That was ridiculous. That was insane. But you. But again, the, let's not get into this, man. Come on. This is not. No, we, it it's is not conspiracy. Inevitable. It's not. Refs inevitable. suck. Refs suck. They hurt every team. They and suck they, more. They, no. More they towards others than than no. than than others. Than they don't. You know. They don't. 
you, you just fought, you just you see it only one not, way not all uh, what was it an animal's farm uh not all animals are are created equally like uh, was it in the end the slogan has started I, to change I, look not all teams here. are ref equally man and i'm keeping here. tabs we're gonna talk about it no you're Let's not keep, you're bit. not keeping tabs you're not because no, no, you're, please, only one, you're only keeping track of one team if no, you no, want to no, keep two teams no no two teams, start, two no, teams, start a spreadsheet for all no two teams Two, two do, teams. do 20 teams spread start the spreadsheet no need. Won't, no no you you two won't teams. keep you won't keep track of two teams either fairly because you just said bellingham's was a handball it clearly was Keon. No, it wasn't how can you not call that a handball it's that's his goddamn bicep you won't you won't keep how is gabby's fairly. a hand how is gabby's a handball was you gabby's still, a handball listen i can't have this conversation with you was gabby's you, a handball i honestly don't remember gabby's at all i don't remember i, I i'm sh if i'll take your word for it it was not a handball i, I don't remember it because you even sent it to me on Instagram, but by the time I looked at it, the story had disappeared, so I didn't see it. Conveniently, yeah. Conveniently. is cracking down on that, too. You Don't still censor, censor. Let's, let, us re let us remind everyone that you still think back, going all the way back to 2018, that Lucas Vazquez was not fouled by Juventus in the last second. And Take it all the way back, penalty. baby. Go 1998. No, uh, no. Miatovic offside. Miatovic is my offside. Point, my, point is, my point I, is I, that he was you won't keep tap, ta, uh, track of it fairly because you will interpret the calls differently than what they actually are. Because you have, well, uh, if you, you have, and me, listen, if you and you and I, we've, if you and I, I'll, 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 I'll go. I'll make it easy. If you and I can establish a criteria on what is handball, okay. Oh. First of all, Let's even say, FIFA like, can't do that. No, I know. But if you and I can do that, then we can keep tabs based on our criteria. Okay? Because we know that the refs are going to change it every day. Like, we cannot rely. One day it is a handball. Another day it's not. Mm -hmm. So if you and I can, okay? Okay. How then, far you want to go back? You want to go back the last 20 No, no, years? no. I'm saying this season. As of okay. now. Let's keep tabs. Next game? You want to go back next game? No, no. Well, let's start with match day one already. I mean, let's, there's already been injustices happening across the board. We're only two match days in. Okay. 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 Start the spreadsheet. I will. Okay. So far, give me, three give, penalties give me, not called. Give, give me four penalties not called. Give for me Barca. edit access. In the last 40 games, and that is just taking account last season and this season. Well, obviously, uh, uh, not even taking account the season before. In 40 games, you know how many penalties Barca have been uh, called in favor? How many pen penalties have been called in favor for Barca? Let me phrase it correctly. Since when? The last 40 games. So go going back to the beginning of last season. I don't know. Just, just take a wild guess. Three. You were close. Two. Two penalties. Okay. Shambolic, my friend. Shambolic. <laughs> Okay. Uh, for a team that only like that focuses their football on attack, spends most of the time in the attacking third, symbolic. Okay, but let's keep tabs. Look, okay, uh, okay, I, okay. I, I know that this is frustrating for the Madridista base, or, or not so much the Madridista base because they control me in the comment section. But for you, and out of respect for you, I also want to give you, provide you with some clear-headed uh, self-criticism and, and analysis that what what. You it don't, is you that don't I'm missing to, that I'm missing from Barca. Because I, and I, what I'm missing in my opinion, is, in my opinion, I'm trying to talk tactics. No, I know. In my opinion, Florentino's the one to blame for Barca's struggles. <laughs> well, I'm happy we have come to terms with that. That is my God. We're making strides. We're, we're, we're that is good news. Thank you uh, that we can agree on that point. But uh, the intensity is surely something that I want to see pick up over this next. You know, stretch of matches. I think next up is um, who we got. We're playing away. I forget the schedule. I, I, I almost wanted to say uh, Atletic. Anyway. You were so on top of this stuff when you were at, oh, yeah. at Barca. Via Real yeah. away. Via Real. Bueno, okay. Team that likes to play football. So I'm, I'm hoping more intensity. I'm hoping, you know, more, 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 as I always say, daring, brave passes, passes with perf uh, purpose, uh, 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 into spaces. Okay. The, the, the runs from the wingers. Um, 
creating these spaces or runs into those spaces, uh, rhythm. I mean, really, the thing is what's lacking is rhythm. So that, that's why inevitably I come back to, to the referee because I want to see rhythm, okay? I want to see continuity. I want to see Barca enjoying having the ball at their feet, uh, outpassing, outclassing the, the opponents and, and, and really see more, uh, dynamism, right? Dinamismo, uh, 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 más dinámico. El equipo lo quiero ver más dinámico. I want to see the more dynamic, more, uh, purposeful. <clears throat> energetic i feel like we're still sort of in this summer lull granted the temperatures are scorching hot here at the moment so you know 7 30 kickoff time even though it might seem like late it's it's eight o'clock here now and i'm still schwitzing here uh up uh you know up, up, at 8 p.m um, while doing the doing the podcast so imagine you know running around for 90 minutes or or over an hour and a half so um, but I feel like we're still in the summer lull. You know, my, my conclusion, we were asked on a podcast from the, the, the preseason was that I didn't really like what I was seeing. You know, I, I felt insecure. If you remember, Kian, the last time we spoke, I felt uneasy and insecure heading into La Liga. This was before match day one. And I feel so far been proven right. Uh, you know, it's not a bad side that are really feeling themselves at the moment. Of course, there's been a lot of players, uh, or there, there are new players in that have to get adjusted to the team. Players that are coming back from loan or new players such as Gunnigan himself. You mentioned him having a, a stellar game, I think, as well. You know, I was really happy to see him play 90 minutes, uh, with, with, I mean, near flawless pass completion, of course, uh, an assist as well. Chances that he created, uh, uh, jewels that he won. I mean, uh, as far as I remember, he didn't get dispossessed once, uh, helped to recover the ball. So all in all, very good stuff from uh, what we're seeing from Agundigan, uh, Pedri as well. La miña mal joder, like... Another thing I said on the podcast, Kian, last time I remember talking to you was, let's take it step by step. Let's ease him into the squad. At this point in time, if he's playing like this and, you know, you have the, you, you don't have a Rafinha at your availability and you're not entirely sure who your front line should be, give continuity right now to Lamina Mal, absolutely, who's, who's, you know, just for a kid who a month ago, Kian, a month, was still 15, just turned 16, you know, is asambroso. I mean, it is, it's, you know, you know, it's, it's remarkable. It's remarkable. I like the, and you know, just you listing up all those things. This is a reminder that I think Real Madrid and Barcelona have similar problems tactically. Uh, we both have a bunch of really great midfielders and we, neither of us have a right back Although, excuse me, Carvajal's been awesome the first two games, and you guys yeah. looks like you're getting Cancelo, if that's yeah. still happening. So, mm-hmm. um, goal scoring might be a concern. Mm-hmm. Creating chances will not be a concern. Mm. <clears throat> In your case, you have Lewandowski. In our case, we basically need Bellingham and Vinicius to score a bunch of goals and hope. You know, so far, Bellingham saved our ass. But I don't know how sustainable that he's is because he's not a striker. As well. Oh man, he's been fantastic. Bargain. Um, so I don't know, man. I keep on looking at this Barca team, and I'm like, I like it. Feel yourself. I mean, it's it's. I like the the. I'm assuming what you're saying is you're not impressed, and you. It's going to be a pushover for Madrid, I guess. It's, it's... No, it's not. No, I e- even if Real Madrid were playing in my local, it, like in my son's like elementary school league, they still won't win the league. Like it just this is just Real Madrid. Last season, I just felt like, man, what a shame to be losing to this Barca team. I've told you this before. I think you got offended, but it's like, but Barca deserved to win their league title. There's no question. But I was like, man, these guys are just scraping by 1-0, Ter Sagan saving their ass every game. And it's like, Ter Sagan's been unbelievable, by the way. Still is. Uh, Cadiz had numerous breakaway chances, and and Ter Sagan was amazing again. So, I I don't know. It's it's not even a Barca concern. It's more like I just look around the league, man, and there's like barely 
a game on the schedule that I'm super excited about, you know? In the whole country. I'm not it's not even a Barca thing. Like I, I was looking at Barca Cadiz, like I, I watched it. Okay, it was just kind of felt like a little bit of a, you know, there's barely people in the stadium. Sparsa Cadiz, you know, it's there's a terrible not much happening. You know, Betis Atletico, which was probably the be- best game on the calendar, was kind of boring too. I tuned in that to that a little bit uh, today, like after the fact, and uh, some chances here and there, nil nil. Uh, Valencia at the Mestalla, like it's not what it used to be. I'm just kind of looking around the league, and I'm kind of like, man. Even Sevilla, like Sevilla, normally I'd be stoked to watch Sevilla play. Not these days. So I, I, it's more of it's, like a concern for the league, not even just It's a concern it. for the league, yeah. You, you can't be Javier Tebas right now and be content and be happy with your product. You know, you just can't. You can't be seeing half-empty stadiums, no... It would be interesting to see the amount of goals scored compared to like other seasons, more more peak season seasons in terms of audience or players as well. Because you know, I feel like the spectacle and the entertainment has certainly taken a hit in quality, and that should be of concern for all Spanish football fans, of which you and I are too, and, and have been talking about for the past six something years. And it's something that has been always looming on the horizon as well, the demise of this league. As we saw stars get plucked away and English teams, mid-tier table teams, be able to spend three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine hundred million in transfers, teams with no football history, Or no history that you know at least matches those of the Atleticos, the Betis, the Sevilla, not to mention the Barça Madrids, and have a Barça that is able to spend like what three million in the transfer market. I mean, it's 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 shocking. It's shocking, and 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 Tebas has to, I think, be open to criticism. I feel like. I mean, we all know that, or I say we all know, Spanish people are known for being quite hard-headed. Maybe the reason why the symbol of the country is a bull is because it's (sighs) cabeza dura, hard-headed, just looking in one direction, and nobody's able to change other people's minds. Uh, without a fight, and 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 you know, right now in Rubiales and Tebas, I think that we have two people in charge of of the state of Spanish Spanish football that are not even able to see eye to eye with each other, uh, and they've they're putting a, a damper and, and a stronghold on Spanish clubs right now, Spanish football as a whole that is hurting uh, the game and hurting clubs, hurting the league, even though the talent is rife, as we have seen with the women's team as well you know i mean spanish football here it's 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 so ingrained in the culture i mean sorry i should say football is so ingrained in the spanish culture um people love to play there's so much talent but it's it's um not being put to the best use and that's that's definitely concerning yeah um, and, and it, but if the answer last thing Kian, if the answer is we need to use var less like what Florentino and Angelotti have been asking in the refereeing committee and has apparently been told to the coaches that, yes, indeed, VAR will be used less, uh, forget it. Like, we are going the completely wrong direction right now. I don't think VAR should be used less, but I think VAR should be quicker. That's 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 what yeah, needs to sure. happen. Sure, we need to improve it, absolutely. Yeah. Um, this one, this blew me away i stumbled upon this information in uh we were doing a preview podcast for the almeria versus real madrid game and we were looking at almeria's off seasons because they've actually been one of the few spanish teams that's been busy in the off season did you know that almeria have spent 30 million more than barca this off season on players (laughs) (laughs) so saying that it's crazy right that's what i'm saying it's insane Oriol Romeo was your only 
signing with I mean Gundog and Inigo were uh, free agents, so I mean they they, they were free. <clears throat> Romeo's been good, by the way. Yeah, yeah, he's breaking in the eleven good as well. Signing. Mm. Do we we just end the podcast there? Romeo's yeah, been a good signing. <laughs> Romeo's been good. <laughs> good signing. Peace out. Make sure you tune in to the next one. You know, oh, uh, the other thing I, I forgot to mention watching Barca play, the Dembele departure looks worse and worse. <laughs> I swear with every time I watch Barca play. It's only been a couple games. But you just, like, that guy just invokes fear when he's dribbling at players. Well, let's see. I don't know. I don't know. I'm hoping that the Lamin Yamal, uh, for me right now, he's... Opens mm, the door for Yamal. Opens yeah. the door. And and he's he's broken onto the scene uh, and and exceeding expectations. So I'm I'm actually not dreading it as much. You know, do I expect Elamin to immediately step into the shoes of an Usman Dembele? Obviously not. Absolutely not. But it does allow him to gain confidence, gain experience as just a rife 16 year old <laughs> kid. Uh, playing in a league of adults and professionals <clears throat> and taking on uh, defenders one-on-one. And the only way they can stop them is by committing penalties that are so far not being called by the referee. So once those start falling uh, in our way rightfully, and again, uh, please do referees call the penalties uh, against these actions. I, I, I don't know if you know what I'm referring to, but I, I'm going to call it out. I'm going to call it out. Penalties need to be called out. I lost so, track, man. Barca's getting screwed I know. so much. I don't know. It is. I, it I is. Track. It is terrible. So, uh, you know, his impact. I mean, it wasn't like Dembele ever went on a ma- massive scoring run. So, you know, to expect Lamin Yamal to also be scoring them, putting them in the back of the net besides creating chances is is just unrealistic. Um, But yeah, Dembele certainly commanded respect on the right flank uh, because of his versatility in his feet, his his creation, uh, you know, his creation making abilities and um, also the, the off shot that sometimes went in, you know, on target, hit the back of the net, just stunning goals uh, and other ones that went flying outside of the stadium. So um, we'll see what he does at, at, at uh, PSG. I'm, I'm very uh, curious to see how his career progresses as uh, he now plays in a lesser league, but with a team where the expectations are, of course, to bring home the Champions League. So we'll see, we'll see how he fares. Mind you, um, Mbappé not happening. <laughs> or <laughs> where are we there? The saga continues and the plot twists do as well. I, I thought it was a done deal, man. No, you, you said you, that, not me. I said that. I said, no, I, said, said I thought that. it was a done deal. Yeah. Not because you, you claimed to, be, to say so. Quite the opposite. You were always hesitant and you stayed well clear of claiming that it was a done deal. Uh, me, on the other hand, I was convinced by the Madrid press that this was done, dusted in the bag. Uh, Mbappé, his childhood dream of playing for Madrid uh, was going to come true. What's, what's the latest? Mind you, even as a skeptic, it's still not... It's still not uh, off the cards, neither, no. Off the cards, but I don't think it's on the cards. <laughs> the reality is still the same. Like I think... I wish people really understood this, and they're going crazy every day, um, losing their minds, so emotional, like the hysteria. The reality is the same today as it was two months ago. He, Mbappe wants to stay at PSG and finish his contract. PSG don't want to lose him for free. Real Madrid are not contacting either of them, and that's it. And are, are they paying two fifty? Or I mean, I would be shocked if Real Madrid paid that much for him this summer. Shocked. Is the it going way- to be the classic 250, but the press announce it as 150 and talk about a miraculous Florentino play where 100 million is just not accounted for, discussed by the media, Possibly. and we are sold it was 150? Possibly. The thing is, I'm not sure because Florentino has, from what I understand, he's budgeted 50 million to pay the referees to screw Barca. So I don't, 
I don't, I don't know if uh, the accounting books. I mean, in in Madrid, it's you, who, I think you who can, keeps track anyway. Yeah, it's, you can you can probably get away with. There's, I'm sure there's some loophole. Oh, murder, murder, yeah. right? Get away <clears> with <throat> murder. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Are you excited for a new season of Churros? Seventh season. Is it really? It must be. Well, we mm. were six seasons in. 20 we started 2017 it's all a blur to me in my mind everything started like two years ago like i started 2017 18 is when we started mm. that season okay 17 18 is that what you said i believe so okay might have been 16 no i'm pretty sure it was 17 18 pretty mm. sure yeah in my mind everything started two years ago the managing major podcast this podcast my existence, my kids were born two years ago. I've been 30 for the <laughs> you, past six years. You plugged into the matrix two years ago. You, you took the red pill. I think that's what or happened. the blue one. I don't know which one. No, wait, which one's the one where it's the red pill that takes them down the, the rabbit red, hole? Red, right? right? Yeah, 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 so. yeah, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so are you excited for this season? Or, or is it, are we already starting on a downer where we're just admitting that the quality of La Liga sucks? <laughs> and it's it's... It is what it is. It's, it's a double-edged sword for me. I I will say this. I really like what I've seen from Real Madrid on the pitch so far. Oh, so and, you are you are and, feeling yourself. And but You're and that, super. Imagine you not winning this league now. No, well, I mean, like there's like there a lot of this could change in an instant. Like you know, with the Courtois and actually getting stuff right. Okay. Yeah, I mean, refs could just wake up and be like, "I don't, I don't need money." You know, we got to do what's right for for that Barcelona. Is a yeah. Um, you know, they start they start realizing they start to like maybe distort reality. They think Bellingham's shoulder is his arm, and they start they call a, a BS penalty against us. All that could change all of a sudden. Um, I mean, the Militao Courtois injuries came out of nowhere. That was gutting. That was a sucker yeah. punch. You know, yes. we still yes. I still don't think it's sustainable to score. I mean, we've scored five goals in the last two games, <laughs> and I, you know, and you, and you look at it, and we've outperformed our XG. I don't know how sustainable that stuff is. I don't know how sustainable it is for Bellingham to fly into the box for a header like a striker. But I, I just, I like. Okay, I put it this way: we have a really likable group of players right now. There's no divas. There's no huge egos. Everyone likes each other. Angelotti. Except for Vinny, obviously, yes. Yeah, maybe in your in your world, not in our world. Vinny is doesn't have a big ego. Or are we living in a parallel parallel universe where, in your eyes, he doesn't have a big ego? Are you kidding me? You mistake ego for confidence. <laughs> it's gonna be a long season. <laughs> you know who has a big ego? Oh, Gavi. Yeah, we need, you know what would humble that, Gavi? Don't 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 mix ego with pride. <laughs> pride. Don't mix ego for uh, all the big love. ego. Gavi. Gavi's like the most introverted, humble, uh, quiet guy you've ever seen in your life. Probably. You know what would be really humbling for him if he if he joined Real Madrid and uh, and and played seventh choice midfielder behind Dani Ceballos. That would be very humbling for him. In your dreams, bro. Uh, okay, is there anything else you want to talk about? There's, um, I just wanted to bring to your attention and our listeners' attention that there is a, a pretty big backlog of Patreon DMs and comments that Diego oh. and I have to go through on the Patreon edition this week. We will get to that, I promise. Right. That one week off was an anomaly for us. Um, keep in mind it was Diego's last true. big holiday before the, you know, the season you know, gets into full swing. And I'm here. So uh, we'll get to those. Uh, Patreon.com slash Churrosi Tacticas is the next Patreon edition. We'll, we'll tackle that. By the way, uh, before we spit final goodbye- goodbyes, I announced yesterday on Twitter that I was going to announce something today or that I had news today. Um, and that is that I have launched, officially launched my website, DiegoMediaVerse.com. Go and check it out. I'm going to post a link and a little message 
to everybody that uh, follows me on the social media platforms to go and check it out, connect with me, reach out, let me know your feedback. I'm excited to, I'm excited to, for the future. I'm excited for what's to come and to work with professionals to keep creating content. And, uh, ah, you look go, at my that. man. Share my screen. Man. Diego Lorin is on the screen on YouTube. <laughs> hey, this is, this is slick. Do you do it yourself? Thank you. No, well, no, with the help of uh, my devoted, beloved, lovely wife mm. and uh, with the customer support of Wix as well. Nice. Um, I managed to get this together, cut all those videos. And uh, I'm hoping it's looking this pixelated because it's it's sharing. Is it looking? Because no, it should it, be. It looks super, great. It looks great quality. on my screen, okay. but I think it's okay. when you share the screen, it just it gets pixelated. Okay. Slows down a little okay. Bit, but it looks great. Good, good, good. Well, uh, yeah. So I'm excited to to announce that to launch that and to uh, allow that to be a platform uh, for me to attract future employers. Uh, people that again like i said want to work together with i want to create content so hopefully more news on projects as in the future as i roll out this uh what is my, now my you know my 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 i see it as my business card right the, the, my my presentation it's how uh, i'm showcasing my stuff my my talents i have to make what what is missing there are uh, several show reels um my match commentating which is almost finished that i'm going to be uploading but of course the big one is the churros y tacticas podcast showreel that i want to upload and promote as well because i do make mention of course of my podcasting i do announce myself as a podcaster as well so uh churros represent so it's got the i gotta get churros um churros instagram reels and all that stuff um, dude seriously all that well. stuff yeah, yeah but all that stuff man but also again we we talked about uh, I need to ask you off air again. I want to get in touch with the, the, the dude, the guy that that cuts your your reels and mm. do all that stuff. Anyway, check it out and let me know. I'm gonna announce. I'm gonna post a tweet about it in in a little bit. Okay, cool, awesome, Diego. This was fun. Good to Everyone be back. Catch us once a week exclusively on Patreon.com/slash/churros y tacticas. See you there. Peace out, Diego. Bye bye. Sports Social Podcast Network.